Some questionable police shootings just in time for a nice distraction. A couple of questionable police shootings making their way through mainstream media as predicted for 2024. I think it's going to get even hotter the closer we get to election time. But we're going to break it down here for you on the Failure Stop Podcast Friday Breakdown. We are the number one podcast channel where first responders go to be informed and entertained five days a week. Today, we're breaking down the Ebony Pouncy case out of Houston, Texas with podcast uh, host Tyler from the Antihero Podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and get to it, Joshua. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Hopefully this uh, mic is all up to speed. Just get back in town. Vacation. Be with you guys today. Today's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack and Factor Meals forward slash Wolfpack five zero meal planning to the next level. Good morning, Tyler from the Anti Hero Podcast. Hey man, how was your vacation? It was one. It was it was nice. It was good. Um, it was great to kind of detach for, for five days up in the mountains with my wife for her birthday, for Valentine's Day. It was really nice. Uh, your internet looks good today. Uh, and you look great. Is that a new shirt from uh, Refracted Wolf Apparel? Yeah. Ooh, I like it. Forever. Oh, gosh. Boy, that is gave me chills. Um, thank you guys for all joining us in the live chat today. A lot of paid members in the live chats. Uh, Deadleg, Bosco, uh, Lumber Shaft. I'm just going down the list. Michael Hendricks, last known president, and a couple more goes on and on and on. Uh, thank you, Brian Travis. Thank you guys for so much for being here with us today. Um, uh, this is going to be a, a crazy breakdown. Two big shootings in the news for law enforcement uh, that are making mainstream media. Now, listen, I don't, I mean, this stuff happens literally all the time. Uh, things like these happen all the time. Now, I will say the Acorn case is a little bit different, and we're going to have to break that one down. Thank God they can't claim racism on it, though, because nobody's dead. Um, but boy, you know, the mainstream media, uh, they wanted somebody to die in that for sure. Uh, especially coming off of the heels of this Ebony Pouncy case here. Now, if I remember correctly, the acorn case that was in like November, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's one of those things where, uh, <clears throat> we, we get to see it after they release a body cam. Like that's when it, it blows up. Okay. Okay. You know, um, but, uh, but the other one recently happened. Yes, yes. The Houston case, the Ebony Pouncy case recently happened. And this is going to be a, a crazy breakdown. Uh, I, you know, I'll start with saying that being a law enforcement officer is never, it, it's not easy. Um, and no call is routine. How many times have you guys heard that? Uh, like half the law enforcement officers that are listening just clicked off this podcast because I said that. And I sounded like a tool. I acknowledge that I sounded like a tool and I said that. Just Do you hear that a lot? Yeah, man. You do walk up to the doors and you're like, man, I got to remember not to treat this routine because what's going to happen if he shows up with a gun or they start shooting, which you know statistically is never going to happen. But you, you're, what do they say? You, you can't be any place your mind hasn't been. Yeah. And then, and then the old lady opens the door and now you're talking to somebody, but you have to pretend like you weren't just 
prepping for a gunfight with them. It's just weird. It's just a weird conundrum being a cop. It is. Uh, and, and we have so many things. That, look, officer shootings are up, um, historically up. Uh, right now, if, you've, if you're at all following the um, – who's the cat that we had on here from uh, the FOP? Joe? Yes, Joe Grimaldi. I can't uh, say last name. Grimaldi. Yeah, Joe Grimaldi, uh, vice president at the FOP. <laughs> Uh, had him on, and he's been really going hard. He's been on Fox News, much other news networks, um, trying to show this huge trend in officer violence uh, towards officers. So what we have right now going on in the country is we have a lack of training because we have more uh, ideological training points being forced down our throat than we have tactical training points. Yeah. So you're less prepared we don't have a warrior mindset anymore. We have a protector mindset, which doesn't really give you confidence uh, to be a survivor. And then we're put into scenes like this one in Houston, where on any given Sunday, this would have been a legit shoot. But this particular Sunday, or whatever day that this happened on, it's not the case. Now, is that the police's fault? Whose fault is it or is it just shit happens? How do we chalk it off? We're going to break all that down for you. But first, do you know how I sleep at night after watching all these horrendous videos, these horrific police videos? I sleep so good at night because I lay my head on a ghost bed made in the good old USA, baby. These beds right now, they're offering 50% off to first responders. Uh, by going to the site ghostbed.com and using the promo code Wolfpack. They like you first responders that much. I don't travel without my ghost bed pillow. Uh, I hate traveling to places that they don't have ghost beds. Uh, that's why I take so many trips down to Florida and end up starting my trip in Naples because I know that my other co-host, conservative aunt, has three ghost beds. And I will not be without a ghost bed on that trip. Uh, so head over to ghostbed.com right now. Use that promo code uh, Wolfpack. Get your sleep. Sound good. It's scary. I always say mental wellness and mental health starts with a good night's sleep. And that's why we're proud to sponsor, uh, partner with and be sponsored by ghostbed.com right now. 0% down, 0% financing. That's if you have state trooper credit. You heard it here first. So uh, even you say troopers can afford one of these things. Head over to ghostbed.com right now. Use the promo code Wolfpack and get your sleep. So good. It's scary. Get that cooling sheets. Get the adjustable base. Get the uh, millions of different uh, mattress options. Again, made in the good old USA. We've been down the facility. We've taken a walk through it. It's down in Fort Myers, Florida. No, Fort, Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. It's somewhere in Florida. We went there. We had a great time. Uh, but right now, yeah, 50% off all their mattresses. Uh, get the Venus Williams mattress. Really, really cool. Um, all right. So you you chose the case for this week. This was your, this was your idea. What made yeah. you want to break down this case today? Well, it's always hard when people ask about qualified immunity. It's always really hard to think of an example of why it's so important. And I saw this video, and it's just like you said what the hell happened and who's to blame is it you know obviously every every <clears throat> aspect in it could have been a little bit different which could have alternately changed the outcome but i think this is the perfect case of like shit happens like the fucking universe was just out of whack and qualified immunity could help these two officers if they were determined to be cleared of any type of wrongdoing yeah, we're going to get into the case. I'm going to show the video. Um, 
I would like to put this on the table now versus later. Do you think that they wanted some shit to happen? Do you think these two ladies in the video, do you think they wanted something to happen to make the news? It seems odd to me. I'm not saying that they wanted to be shot by police. That would be insane. That would be absurd. But do you think that they were asking for some kind of confrontation with police? I don't know. When we watch this, when we see some of the interviews, uh, keep that in the back of the head. I'd love you guys to be active in the chats here about that um, and tell me what you think. Is it crazy that that's where my brain goes? It just, it's very odd and it looks almost scripted in a sense. And then when you hear uh, interviews with the two ladies involved in this, it all, it, it just, there's a lot of, there's more questions than I have answers. We'll get to it. Um, do you want to just start by uh, showing the video? Is, is that what you, I think we should do at this moment, or do you have anything yeah, else? That you I would start. I'd sh I'd show the walk up, um, the approach, and then you know at least to get everybody's head in the game of us walking up the stairs. Ooh, yeah, uh, so, I'll do that. Um, the first video I pulled up though is just what everybody is seeing on the news, and th this just was released on February thirteenth. So uh, rest assured. Now, when when George Floyd happened. I got that call at 10 o'clock at night. That's where my podcast career started. I was invited onto a major podcast network to break it down. And I had yet to hear about George Floyd. I had heard that there was some kind of crazy police video out, but it, this was even like a couple of days, maybe after the incident, or maybe it was, you know, the day after the thing. And they were like, this is the biggest case. This is going to be the biggest case in the news. And, and I remember um, on my way, uh, I, I don't remember if I flew there or if they were in, in Wilmington at the time or in Texas. Um, but uh, I remember having to leave at like 5 a.m. And I remember uh, being in an Uber and that's where I had my headphones on. That's where I was doing my research for the video that they sent me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is going to be earth shattering news. This is going to change the trajectory of American history for the next six years, five years, however long it's been. And uh, maybe does this case have, have that, that same is that is it going to be the same way for this case? I don't know. I don't think so. No I don't. One died. No one died. No one uh, but here's the news, and this is kind of what we what you guys are seeing, what I was seeing last night. So let me go ahead and figure out how to do this. I just got back from vacation. I didn't have time to prep our producers with this stuff, so I'm doing it on my own. I apologize. Um, but here we go. I, I'm I'm getting good enough that I can do this on my own these days. This part firing round after round through the window of the Houston area apartment, shooting a woman who was there at the apartment with her friend. It was her friend's apartment. Authorities say the confusion came after a call from a neighbor about a possible intruder. Here's Pierre Thomas. Tonight, newly released body camera footage captures the terrifying moments police unleash a barrage of gunfire into this Houston apartment. <laughs> Wounding the woman inside after allegedly mistaking her for an intruder. It all started just after 2 a.m. on February 3rd, when a resident arrived home with a friend. She'd forgotten her key, so she had the friend break a window to get inside. A neighbor heard the noise, thought it was a break-in, and called 911. The two responding deputies find a screen removed and a window broken. They try knocking. Sheriff's office! As a car alarm blares in the background, one officer apparently spots a woman inside coming to the door with a gun. Now, I, and we'll keep going on this in a few minutes. Um, and, and I just want to break down like the news's coverage of this. I think they did a very fair job um, on the news as of 
this this article um I'm trying to figure out how to stop the screen share here. Uh, what What is your opinion on that? I mean, do you think that the the news coverage of it is fair so far? Uh, yeah, it better than it has been in the past. But they still did start off by saying, uh, like something like horrifying when police shot a barrage. Yeah, of bullets. You know, to be fair, we have to have you. You have to have some kind of salationism. That's not a word. I I acknowledge that, but I made it up, and it sounds good for right now. Plus, Webster's Dictionary is changing definitions and making new words all the time. So why can't I? Um, yeah, I'm saying I'm probably smarter than Webster or whoever that guy is, uh, or girl could be a girl. Probably. Uh, you have to have something sensational to catch the, the reader's eye. At the end of the day, news is a business. Um, you know, we'd like to think of it as some kind of like public service or like some kind of like public utility. It's really not. It's a business. They have to make money and uh, headlines sell. So uh, sometimes I can, I can understand why they choose some of the headlines that they choose. It's when they don't put the meat and potatoes of the article until the very last paragraph, knowing that nobody's going to make it that far. So what they do is they spin a lot of these articles up to look like the cops are terrible um, until people are so frustrated, they turn it off and then they start tweeting before they get to the end of the video. And then the news can be like, well, no, 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 we said, we said that the police were okay, but they didn't say it till the end. Yeah. I, I'm seeing a new trend though in the media that maybe that's not that hasn't happened in these articles, and I'm trying to figure out why. Is it because mainstream media is like, okay, we're hemorrhaging here, nobody's watching the news anymore, and it's because nobody trusts the news? Like, there's so many articles out right now about mistrust in the government and the news. Do you think that this is like a tide yeah. that's turning, and that's why that they're reporting on this case? Yeah, I, and I do because I saw recently a uh, a sheriff in a major county down here. Uh, address the public in, a, in an officer-involved shooting. And uh, you know how when a, when a chief or a sheriff goes up there to talk to the news right after it happens, he doesn't really say much because, A, he doesn't fucking know. He just knows what was told to him. <clears throat> but, however, this sheriff goes, when, when a reporter inevitably asks, uh, do you think they were in the right or something like that, the sheriff goes, listen, I watched the body cam, and the guy came at him aggressively with a knife. And they already back unofficially backed his guys which is a which is a no-no you never do that a, a leader never goes on scene and goes i i mean you can that's what great leaders do but essentially i think it's politics 101 you don't go up there and say that but he did so and i have never i haven't seen that in a while so now that with the news um kind of being fair trying to win the, the trust of the public I, I think you're right i think it's probably something that's starting to happen yeah it's it's I'm feeling like a, re a, a weird twist uh, in media. Bud Light's going completely the opposite. Um, if you've noticed any of the Bud Light billboards, they're all patriotic American. They got firefighters and policemen on the billboard yeah. now. Uh, I, I think they're they're kind of it's starting to make sense to the mainstream media. I don't even want to call them mainstream media anymore. Because they're really not the mainstream. That's why they're changing. Because everybody's going to podcast for their information. And independent journalists and, and independent journalism uh, is... It's actually a great time to actually be a journalist. Because I think now there's a lot of outlets podcast-wise that give you the opportunity to go actually be a real journalist instead of like a hired uh, propaganda artist by, by mainstream media or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
and I, I I've I've heard people like floating around new names for mainstream media. Like they're calling it like uh I forgot what there's a couple of names out there that people are starting to refer to the media as other than mainstream because I think a lot of people are acknowledging that there's no such thing as mainstream media anymore. Um, I saw the recent case where the the sheriff, and I don't know what state it is. Uh, we do have a producer here, though. Dead like we find this for me, a sheriff that's exposing the FBI conference. So there's an FBI conference with 1,300 sheriffs from around the country that were brought to this FBI um, this FBI conference, and the new sh- this this sheriff came out and outed all of it and talked about like how disturbing that this FBI conference was and that they never even gave the the sheriffs a a chance to respond or anything like that. And and so I think that's a very, um, yeah, here it is right here. Uh, They told us we need to be prepared, Sheriff Warren's FBI advised that terror attacks are imminent and that they should be ramping up uh, training and security in his own agency. He goes on to say that they weren't supposed to, you know, that they were supposed to kind of like keep this hush hush. They don't want people panicking. But then we had the government come out this week and say that like we're getting this crazy threat from Russia that we can't tell you about, but we're desperately trying to get the president to declassify so we can warn everybody. Um, and I, and I, if you go back and you watch some of the news conferences in the press, uh, the one individual, and again, I'm sorry, I wasn't planning on talking about this today, and I'm blanking on his name, but. Where he comes out and he's like, well, there is no need to panic. Everybody needs to just calm down. We don't need to panic. However, I will say that the threat is very credible and it's really disconcerting. But again, don't I, I don't want anybody to panic. But And he says it in that tone of voice. Now, we know as cops, I told my wife as soon as I saw this, I looked at my wife and I said, man, when I was a cop, if I was going to start the conversation, I really didn't want the person to panic. My tone was, hey, listen, no need to panic. Your son was in an accident, but he's fine. We don't need to panic. He's fine. He's good. He's good. And right now he's being airlifted. He's in stable condition and they're taking him to, you know, wherever. Right. But if it was really bad, I'd be like, now, listen, don't panic. Your son was in a car accident. He is being life flighted to Duke and we're going to take you to him. You know what I mean? If it's really bad and he's being life flighted and it's really, really bad, like he's not going to make it. Your tone is like, don't panic, you know? So when this guy's like doing that tone, I'm like, shit, I think we should panic. Yeah. Uh, this is scary. So this sheriff, and we'll probably break this down on last call, but this sheriff, he comes out and he says a lot of things, again, not like sheriffs in the past. It's almost as if everybody is done tolerating and done trusting the government and all of the lies and bullshit that we've been fed for the last four or five years. And now it seems like everybody's coming out of the woodwork to kind of expose all of this. And this news article from ABC is, is kind of great evidence of that. Let me go back to this video. I mean, look at it, look at taking the conspiracies out of it. Look at nine 11 that that happened because of the fucking flop of the federal government, the federal government with the intelligence sharing that was non-existent back then. That's what happens. So, and I remember that sheriff in that, I, I watched that press conference and he said that the amount of terrorists, documented terrorists that have crossed the border is exponentially bigger than what they had at 9-11. Oh, yeah. So we, yeah have, we have way more threat now than we did with 9-11. And it's terrifying. 
And then coupled with whatever they're trying to declassify about Russia, which I guess is about a nuclear space weapon that Russia may have. Uh, again, I think that's more of a distraction. We can get on that on our political news show, which is on Wednesdays. And then you can also join us on Patreon for all of that extra added content. But I will be going on Patreon later today um, to talk about just that and what I think about it. But let's get back to this case. Um, and uh, I'm going to keep playing the news article again. I'm not, I don't really have a problem with the way the news is reporting this. And that's why I'm letting them play it. <clears throat> which we haven't done we haven't done here on failure to stop before ever we've never allowed the news to go through it this much within seconds both deputies start firing a hail of bullets they reload and at least one keeps shooting tonight 28 year old ebony pouncy is recovering after being shot five times in the torso and leg she was no burglar she was just there with a friend who was a tenant in the complex. I live here. Please don't shoot. Ebony's friend, who was seen emerging from her home, says she was afraid for her life. It took a while to come out because, of course, I was scared. I was thinking I was going to die. I was going to be next. Both officers have been placed on administrative leave. The sheriff's department and the local DA are investigating, David. All right, Pierre Thomas in Washington as well tonight. Pierre, thank you. Yeah, that was, again, coming from ABC News, for those of you who are just listening, which is like 99% of our followership. Um, so uh, there you go. This is the shooting. So the cops, the, the two female police arrive. Uh, it's wet and it's rainy, which is a great time for break-ins to happen. Um, bet your bottom dollar that if it's raining and cold and miserable, the suspects know that. And they know that if they can break into cars or houses and the cops will be somewhat deterred or not as vigilant because of the weather. They're going to take advantage of that. Yeah. And uh, mind you, but even before that, they're responding to a burglary in progress. That's all they know in their head. And then they show up and the first thing they see is a broken window. Well, I mean, no. let's go back to the first thing that they hear. So if you're really wanting to paint the picture and you're not a law enforcement officer, the totality of this is it's wet, it's rainy, it's cold, right? That sets a mood. And then you show up to a parking lot with a horn going off. So what does that tell you? Somebody's tried to break into a car. So now you've got uh, what you could reasonably articulate is kind of a whole scene here they've robbed the car now they've robbed now they're into the house or they burgled the car found a you know found something that that leads to that apartment that they think that they could get something else more value out of the apartment could be gang related we know oftentimes that if somebody's trying to get a gun because somebody was bragging about it you know they could hit the car first and then hit the house second um but i think that that sets a mood like when you show up to a parking lot it's wet and rainy and the first thing you hear is a car alarm and then you can visibly see broken glass and you have a neighbor who is saying now i don't know about you but would your neighbors probably be would they probably be vigilant enough to to know that if somebody they've never seen before was breaking your window that it wasn't you yeah do you that, think that they know you enough uh, mind you and also, right. I mean, I, I, but I'm, I guess I'm smart because I would fucking, if I'm going to have somebody break my window, I'm going to let the people that live around me know, Hey, it's cool. I have somebody breaking my window, not in the middle of the night. Just, I mean, the, the, the whole thing's fucking wild. <clears throat> Whether it's or not very it's wild. It's very wild. And, and, and it's like the neighbor 
the neighbor is kind of like, okay, well, that's weird. I've never seen that person before. And they're breaking a window. By the way, the news did not interview that person. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see that interview. So they break the window. But here's the other, this is the weird fishy part about this story. And the reason why I started it the way I did was the friend that owns the apartment was there. Yeah. Again, that makes me think going back to my scripted thing. And you were like, God, you're crazy, Eric. You, you're off the deep end. Who would do that? Hold on. Stay with me for a minute here. I'm going to paint an even better picture about this scene that makes it even more weird. But before I do that, factormeals.com meal planning to the next level, guys. Listen, if you're a busy first responder, you're out on the road, you're doing court prep, you're doing jujitsu, you're doing CrossFit, you're doing all the things that a good first responder does. You're obviously upholding to a healthy diet. Uh, but when are you fitting time in for your family? between working out, between uh, training with your firearm, uh, going to court prep and all these other nonsense BS up legal updates and things that the uh, first responder community is, is being forced upon. It, it, when do you have time to do meal planning? You don't, you don't have time, but you do it because you're a good first responder and you want to be the protector. Everybody wants you to be, but listen, factor meals is meal planning to the next level and they can handle this for you. And it really doesn't cost anything more than what you're already spending. By the time you go to the grocery, pick out all the stuff that you want for the week, you take it home, you cook it, then you get the Rubbermaid, uh, the dishes, and then you got to find the lids to go with those dishes. You're packing it all up. You've used all the energy you've used all the time. Now you're storing it in your refrigerator. It's chaos. Let Factor Meals do it for you. These are chef-prepared, fresh, and never-frozen meals that are delivered straight to your door. Uh, they can do calorie-conscious if you're trying to lose weight, protein-heavy if you're trying to gain weight and get swole. Uh, they've got vegan options, vegetarian options. They've got all breakfast. They've got shakes. they got it all. Anything you need for, a, for whatever lifestyle you're trying to accomplish, Factor Meals can help you, and that gives you more time with your family, more time on the range, more time in the jiu-jitsu gyms and all the other things that you guys are doing as good first responders stop eating peanut butter and jelly spam and eggs and bologna like a peasant and get you factormeal.com forward slash wolfpack five zero for 50 percent off that's factormeals.com forward slash wolfpack five zero the way these things are packaged you will have a lot of pride in your meal and when you sit down at the table in whatever first responder precinct or a fire station or ems uh, outpost that you're sitting at everybody's going to be jealous of what you're eating you're not going to want to go to fast food with those guys you're not not going to be like, yo, pick me up a McChicken sandwich while you're out. You're not going to do that because your meal looks so much better that you're going to be like, damn, I don't, I don't listen, I'm not even tempted to want fast food because this uh, bacon ranch chicken with the green beans and the sweet potatoes on the side look amazing. Head over to factormeals.com forward slash we'll pack five zero, get you 50% off meal planning to the next level. All right, let's dive back into this, uh, this, this case. So uh, as an officer, a current officer, you get this call and you see a broken window. Now, do you think it's bizarre that this woman, now, first of all, apartments, these aren't soundproof buildings. Try to podcast from an apartment. Talk to our producer, Josh. It's absolute chaos. You can hear everything in those apartments. Getting a soundproof apartment is damn near impossible. So if a neighbor's door is being knocked on, you can hear it from your own apartment. Am I wrong? Is there anybody out there that's still living in apartments? 
<laughs> no, you're dead right. You can hear motherfuckers talking above you. It's it's crazy. So when you have this cop show up to this apartment, which is, by the way, one of the biggest red flags that I had about the Breonna Taylor case, kind of find out Tanster Thomas was right on that case. You don't knock on a door for a minute, 40 seconds, and everybody in the apartment building that you're in hears it. So I saw the, the body camera footage. You saw briefly where she sheriff's department. Everybody in the apartment heard that. Yeah. Which, <clears throat> to be fair, I don't agree with that. You, you see a burglar in progress. You're looking at a property crime. <clears throat> you have no reason to believe anybody's in danger. You back off. You surround the building. You wait for a bird. You get canine. And you start doing call outs. We know you're inside, motherfucker. Come out. That's that's what policing has gone to. Um, if you're going to go fucking full aggro, I love it. I love it. We want to catch this guy in the act. We're going to kick the door in and grab him. But you're going to announce that you're the sheriff's department and then you're still going to be right up there on the door in those windows to, you know, by banging on the door girls together. Let's go there. Let's start with that. You know, everybody's talking about, they thought they were going to make TikToks. It turns out they have to do cop work. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think that they did bad cop work. They did. Um, I do think it's, um, I I'd like to know the, the point of like wouldn't you like okay so you don't put two people with a shotgun together well Why you're arguing you well you're arguing logic and you're gonna have to argue the fact that men and women are created different and they have their strengths and their weaknesses as right. two stuff but just like a shotgun and a rifle like you don't but, need two shotguns at one scene what you need is a rifle and a yeah. shotgun so if you're well, gonna admin doesn't see it that way Ad about it that way admin sees a 110 pound female and a 225 pound male the same they can do the same job mm. without any differences that's the way because that's fair and that's equal and somebody would complain yeah. if you said i i can't do that like no you can't because you're five foot one and you're 110 pounds yeah i, I it's very strange that that they have two girls uh riding together not because i'm sexist or anything like that it's just the same as like having a shotgun and having a rifle you wouldn't put two shotguns together they have different skill sets and you could use both of them a man and a female different skill sets, different abilities. Why not put them together? I'm not saying that would help this case out at all. Not saying that. I think these ladies did a, a pretty good job. I mean, that's a lot of bullets, but listen, hey, if you're going to go out in a blaze of glory, go out in a blaze of glory. The reload was pretty on point too. Got yeah. no problems. I, I really don't have any problems with the way they, they handled the call. And, and I'll articulate that here in a second. Um, but I did notice that like, I, I don't know. I just, it seems like you would, I don't. I, I haven't seen an apartment put two girls together. Um, and you know, I don't know. It well, just maybe. Seems well, most likely too. A lot of departments don't ride two man cars anymore. They ride. Uh, yeah. So they might have been just coincidentally zone partners and a call like that. Oh, I got you. So you, you know think that they weren't? That's a good fair point. Yeah. That they weren't. They weren't in the same car together. They just happened to be checking in together. That yeah. probably makes a lot of sense. I'm embarrassed for not thinking about that, which is cool, which is why I have another co-host uh, because I don't always get it right. Um, so th they approach this thing. Now you got the, the honking horn. You've got the broken glass. And then we knock and announce the sheriffs. Again, like you said, not the wisest move of all time. Um, and I, and I agree with you there, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong. Like, I don't think it's. No, it's not. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad to do it. I would. It's a, 
it's a way to do it. It's, it's not. A way the, to do it. It's not my preferred way because if I'm gonna be aggressive, I'm going to use. I'm gonna use the what the Constitution and case law says I have to do to show you that I'm a cop, which is what I'm wearing, which is a which is me saying sheriff's office right before I kick in the door. Um, if that if I'm gonna go the aggressive route. If I'm going to go the safer backup, it's just a property crime. No one needs to get shot over this. I'm going to be very loud and articulate. And everybody in that apartment complex is going to hear me on my PA going, Sheriff's office, we know apartment so-and-so, we know you're inside. Come out now. Right. And then they're like, fuck. And they have to come out. And then, of course, if they don't come out. <clears throat> um, well, you know, I, I think in her defense, if you have an apartment, there's no back door. Because they're upstairs. So, we're, I mean, unless they go off of the balcony. Um, and I don't know how high this is, but I'm guessing she's thinking this is his only way out. And if I knock and announce myself as a police officer and they barricade themselves, then I can call in. So I don't think that you are expecting them to run to the door with a gun in their hand. And here's where I'm getting about the script. She knocks on the door and announces herself very clearly and very loudly. And there's a broken window. So you know everybody inside can hear you. Coupled with the fact that it's a shitty apartment. And she runs to the door with a gun in her hand. So we have your friend who owns the apartment is inside the apartment. She tells you to just break the window because you don't have a key to get in. Yeah, like, why don't you break your own window? <laughs> the neighbor sees this woman breaking a window to get in. Calls 911. 911 shows up, knocks on the door, announces themselves loudly enough that everybody in the apartment complex can hear them. And you run to the door as the friend that doesn't own the apartment, even though the person who does own the apartment is in the apartment and you run to the door with a gun. You run, you run to the door with a Did gun. She run? Yeah, she ran. I mean, I'll play the tape again, but she's, I scooting, really see. she's scooting across that floor pretty dang gone quick. Um, uh, uh, dead leg. Will you pull up the body camera footage of this case? Um, since you're in here, and that because I, I have the news, the news version of it, and we'll play it. Do you think that that's odd? Let me go to the chats really quick while he brings that up, just because we do have paid members in the chats, and that's what they pay to be here for. Um, if you're one of our uh, listeners on audio, which is again 99% of you guys, if you ever want to join the chats, it's free to join the chat, but um, we do try to get to all of our paid members that have, have questions and comments. That's just a fun thing to do. We also have a failure to stop FTS underscore Wolfpack private group uh, where there's lots of heinous memes and uh, honestly, it's only a matter of time before that group gets taken down by by uh, Facebook. But you can pretty put, there's nothing really off limits yeah. in there. Um, we don't shut it down for any reason. You want to hate cops and banter and argue, that's fine. We, we're not going to kick you out for it. We like the discourse and we like the fun and the drama. So head on in there if that's what your life's about. Uh, we got Nijkin in here that says um, women SWAT never decided who's the driver and the passenger queen. Um, I'm getting the jokes there. Uh, talk to cool dudes in the chats. He says, do we know whose name is on the lease? Um, 
Let's see here. Let me go, let me go here. Uh, do we know whose name is on the lease? She might live there, but not own it and was still breaking in. That's a fair question. Um, again, I don't think the cops had any time to answer any of these questions pertaining to like it being a breakdown. I don't think they had an opportunity to figure out any of those things. Um, and I don't think that when there's an active robbery or burglary taking place uh, and it's at night and it's raining, you're not going to call the leasing agent and say who's on the lease. I mean, it's pretty apparent that if there's somebody that the neighbor doesn't know breaking a window of an apartment and then crawling through said window. I mean, 99.999999 repeating to infinity percent chance that somebody's breaking into that apartment. I mean, how many times have you been in a situation where you broke the window where no, you're it's the last broke the window to your apartment without letting any neighbors know or anything at night. Well, or fucking waiting a couple hours on the maintenance guy to come with a key. There's always, I mean, I'm not, again, everybody's going to sit there and hit me with, oh, well, you know, if I got locked out of my apartment, they won't come out until eight in the morning, which is, I mean, that happens, but the, to break a window is like the last, you got to replace the fucking window. You know, you got to crawl through sharded glass. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like a very, it, it feels very scripted. Like it feels like a very yeah. stupid thing to do um, unless you are stupid and, or you are wanting some drama for the night involving the police. Abby's Ellsworth, who has a podcast, um, a really great podcast on policing, was wondering why there were no orders to drop the weapon. Uh, here's the answer to that. And I'll let, I'll let uh, Tyler, I'm a former cop. He's still an active cop for myself as a former police officer there is a time to talk and there's a time to work if i'm at the scene of an act of burglary and i've announced myself loudly and they know that i'm a cop and they are moving towards me with the gun talking time is over it's time to get to work i'm not getting in a position uh you have a railing behind you your only escape is that window which the person that has a gun has full access to that window and that you have zero cover uh how many people are in there that are going to start shooting back at you as well. And you're kind of cornered in that situation and you feel cornered. You might not know it and be able to articulate it, but anytime that you're knocking on an apartment door, there is a sense of claustrophobia that sets in because there's, you know, a lot of times there's, there's not a lot of places for you to go. There's two long corridor hallways with nothing to hide behind yet. You're knocking on a door where they have everything to hide behind bars, couches, yeah. tables, all sorts of stuff. So you just kind of naturally feel like, eh, this is not really the kind of place I want to be sitting in. Um, and depending on how narrow those balconies are, it, it can, it, you can feel pretty claustrophobic. I don't want to say claustrophobic, but you can feel like there's no way out. So you're not going to retreat towards the window. You're, you're, you're standing in the fatal funnel. You're going to put bullets where, where you see the gun. I don't have a problem with them saying drop the gun or anything like that. Like you said, I'm, I'm under the philosophy. There's a time to talk and there's a time to work. The time to talk was I knocked on the door and I said, sheriff's to police, sheriff's office. And then the person would normally respond with, hey, we're in here. We actually live here. We're so sorry. We're coming to the door, but we actually live here. We just forgot our keys. I'm coming to the door. And then you would be like, all right, just keep your hands where I can see them. Da -da 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 -da, come to the door. And, and we'd have a whole different outcome. What you're not expecting, what does not happen. I, I Listen, if you're another cop listening to this and this has happened to you, please let me know. 
I don't know that this has ever happened. Who comes to the fucking door after breaking into a window with a gun in your hand? Uh, I don't know. What's your opinion? I mean, did uh, you said to drop the weapon? What, what was or her original question? Like, that's just green light go for a gunfight. What was Abby's original question? Um, she doesn't understand. Well, her she didn't. She didn't say understand. She said, "I was wondering why there was no orders to drop the weapon." Gotcha. Yeah, it's all. It's like just like you said, Eric. It's um, there you you have. Let's say let's go back to the military. You have five steps of ROE, right? Rules of engagement. You don't, based on time and situation, you don't have to hit all five. You can skip some. A verbal right, it's command shout, to drop. Shout, show, shove, shoot, shoot to kill. That's that's yeah. the ROE, right? Shout, show, shove, shoot, and then shoot to kill. So what you're saying is, is that even if you're shouting, you don't actually have to shout before you can get to shoot. That, or if you got a car, if you're at a checkpoint and you got a V big coming straight at you, and you don't have time to do doing 35 miles an hour at your, you know, checkpoint, and you don't have time to shout, show, shove. You got to skip some of those steps, and that's okay because you can articulate based on the time. If I were to go through all five of those steps, we'd be dead. So right. those, those two officers, the same thing, and yeah. uh, you know, and it's a suit. It's fuck. It's unfortunate. Those two, those two cops didn't want to shoot that person. They're probably, you know, it. I don't want to talk for them, but it's it's just it sucks. That's the world. That's the world of being a cop. Yeah. Uh, Brian Travis in the live chat says, got to agree with Tyler on this. You either roll in with your entire team or you back out, set up a perimeter and start your call outs. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. Like, I think that's the smartest way to go about it. But what I'm saying is I don't think it's wrong. You know, it's, it's not morally, ethically, legally wrong to go knock on the door. It's just not, it's definitely not your, it's like, you know, why, why, why would you fishing with a pin reel in a bass pond isn't the smartest idea, but I mean, is it, is it bad? I mean, like, I mean, that's probably a very poor analogy. You might not catch, well, have, you catch, but if it's all you got, it's all you got. I don't, I mean, what's the call log like? And then here's the other thing too. You've got two women cops. I've been in this situation and I'm not even a woman, but I know it's worse for a woman because you have something to prove. My book's coming out. You're going to see um, this articulated very well in my book about how like I just, I had this overwhelming sense of uh, needing approval by this, the squad that I was placed on and some of the special projects I was placed on that I did very careless and very stupid things because I was, a, I was more afraid of, making people mad or bothered or annoyed than I was with being safe. You have two girls who come up there and they're like, oh man, it's the, you know, the radio is blowing up. There's nobody else out here taking calls. We're already short staffed. We got a broken window. I'd hate to like get the whole SWAT team out here only to find out that the person that broke this class isn't even in there. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I think nine times out of 10 that you get called to a burglary scene they're they've been gone. Yeah. Uh, it's yep. not very likely that they're still going to be there. And we don't know how long it took them to get to this call. I mean, you, this call might've gone out as a burglary and they were wrapping up another call. What if they, what if it took them 45 minutes to get there? You're definitely not thinking anybody's going to be there. And then all of a sudden you knock on the door uh, thinking that there's not anybody going to be there. And then somebody runs to the door with a firearm in their hand. Uh, yeah. I, I think we have to have a little bit more facts to this. I think that if you wanted to play the perfect game, yeah, if you 
get to the scene, you see the broken glass, you hear noises in there um, and you call them out and they don't listen and they don't, they don't respond to you. Yeah. I'd, I'd say call in the SWAT team and do what you ever you do what you got to do. But how many break-ins do you go to on every single night and nobody's there? It's, I mean, it, maybe. it depends on how it came out. It depends on how it came out. If it came out as a burglar in progress, you're going to get cops there within a couple minutes. If it comes out as a, as a broken window and a suspicious incident, it could sit for half a shift. So yeah, that too. it just depends on how it came out. Yeah. And if it's a burglar in progress, but you only have six cops working and all six are on, you know, uh, fatality racks or, or injury racks or, or something else, um, you know, dead body calls take up a lot of manpower. Uh, it, it could take a few minutes. So I, again, I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that, um, I, I, but here I, again, I don't really have that. They didn't really do anything except knock and announce themselves as sheriffs, which is, I mean, what, what more can you do in that situation Whoa. other than back Ugh. off completely and freak the fuck out and be like, there's broken glass. There might be somebody in there, like stop everything that you're doing get out here in the rain and let's work through this. Or would you be like, let me just go up here and knock on the door and see if there's anybody inside. And then you knock and perfectly, perfectly announce yourself as a sheriff's officer officer. Um, I don't know what else, what more could you ask for out of this cop? Yeah. I mean, she definitely fucking saved her ass by doing that. Now she hadn't have done that. And if you had taken that knock and announce out of this situation, there's a lot more potential for trouble for, for sure. But the fact that, Hey, you know what? They can sit there and say, Hey, I didn't hear it. My friend was fucking face down in my, in my vagina. And we were in the moment and I didn't hear, I just heard a bunch of banging, right? That's on you. That's not on. Yeah. I, that's not on me as a cop to make sure that you in particular, all of your neighbors heard me say it. Because that's what they're going to do. They're not going to put that in the news, like you said, but they are going to, for this trial, they're going to go to every single neighbor that was home and go, did you hear this? And they're going to go, yeah, because yeah. we were fucking, we were sitting outside looking up because we knew, you know, that's how neighbors are too. I mean, assuming it's not like four in the morning, everybody comes out. Oh shit, the cops are here. Like, oh yeah, that fucking Becky's fucking window was fucking broken. And, uh, oh, okay. That everyone's going to come outside. Everyone's going to hear you knock. That's the whole point of knocking and announcing. That's the whole point of doing announcements to a PA is liability. It's CYA. It's showing it, you're setting yourself up for the whole community to go. Yeah, we heard those announcements. And, it, and then a reasonable person goes, okay, well, if everybody around the unit heard the announcements, it's reasonable to think that the person inside should have heard these announcements. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh, do you have the video? I won't have sound, but I have this version of it. Okay. Um, where, where did you, if you send me that in the private links, then I'll put it up there with sound. I think the sound is important. Um, just send it to me in the private chat real quick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play the whole thing to round this, this, this episode out for you guys. I got it right here. Um, 51 seconds is where it starts at. Okay, great. Um, I will play that for you. Go ahead and fill in. What's what do you guys have? What did you guys have on Anti Hero Podcast, and what do you have coming up while I get this started here? We have we're back on the Navy SEAL train. So <clears throat> we just had a um who, who did we release this week? Um, 
we had a a guy named Matt Kubler who uh, he started uh, investigating the seals and seal corruption based off of his high school buddy was a seal commander that's quote unquote killed himself overseas. He's a seal commander, right? Those are just types of people don't typically commit suicide. Not saying it can't ever happen, but they typically are not the type of people that commit suicide, but it was ruled as a suicide. So his best friend's family brought Matt in, who is prior uh, army intel and prior law enforcement. And now he's a, I think I'm pretty sure he's just a private investigator. And so while he's doing this, he starts seeing all these untapped, untouched fucking uh, weird seal issues that no one's ever investigated. So he just starts pulling the string and all of a sudden all the shit starts falling out. And, uh, and he's so on point. As a third party, you know, people are like, well, he's not a SEAL. He's so on point that SEALs are joining him to lead their fight against corrupted SEALs because, uh, you know, I, I guess that's a huge thing. 98% of SEALs are fucking true Americans, silent professionals. They don't want any credit. They just want to go serve their country. The other 2% are the Marcus Luttrells, the Rob O'Neills that want to get out and not, and, and I'm all about taking it. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because like my, my, my good buddy of mine, um, he's a uh, ex former seal now. And we talk weekly about a lot of things. I've, I've mentioned him on this podcast and he, and he says that, you know, there's just too many Navy seals out there right now that would rather kill somebody with a knife. Um, then, then do anything. And, and they don't want to finish their career without getting like a knife kill. Like they, they will sacrifice yeah. the integrity of a mission to kill somebody with a knife. And he's like, it's just weird. It's like, it's like the, the, the seals that are coming in, like have this weird, like fantasies that are kind of a little psychotic. And he said, the teams have definitely changed a lot and have become, you know, pretty toxic in, in some aspects. So it'd be cool to get him on. I don't know if he'll ever come on, but I, I'd love to have him on. To talk we got, about we have a seal coming on, on the 18th of March, who is going to expose and explain. This is the only, I haven't even told my podcast viewers this, but uh, how uh, Marcus Luttrell lied about the entire thing. And Marcus Luttrell ran from the other three while they died. And he oh, no. was picked he was picked up by the the Pakistani person with a full loadout full all of his fucking rounds and uh there's uh, apparently there's ISR footage that a commander had seen and said it was heartbreaking to watch Latrell so that's coming up Oh, well, stay tuned that uh, if you're not on anti-hero podcast, uh, they are on the C minus media network. They're absolutely blowing up. That show is just, it's brilliant. It's perfect. Um, and you guys should definitely be tuning into every episode. They're all like Joe Rogan. Like you get, you just, they have all the, every one of their episodes have these like Joe Rogan moments where you're like, Oh my God, I never knew that or dreamed of it. So really cool stuff. All right, here we go. So I'm going to share this screen. I thought I shared it. There it goes. Um, here we go. The time, just after 2 a.m. last Saturday morning, deputies called to the report of a burglary at the second-story apartment off Duvalde Road in Northeast Harris County. They're on high alert. All right, so for our audio listeners, this is a very cramped-in porch area. Massive window. Uh, this looks like a six-foot window. Um, a, a really large window. It looks like it's, like, what, six feet by probably four feet. Um, 
it's the uh, worst setup. It's the worst setup for any type of tactical entry. In front of the window to get to the door, and then their door. There's only one exit. It looks like, and that's right in front of the fatal funnel, the window, and the door. Wow. Yeah, that is a shitty setup. Um. So yeah, it looks like they're hanging. They're they're. They're at the top of the stairs, right, Eric? Is that what it looks like to you? Is that their position? It looks like that- they're at the top of the stairs. Um, and I'm going to play it a little bit. Now, the window blinds for the listeners out there, the blinds are three quarters of the way down. So you can really only see from about somebody's waist uh, down. You wouldn't be able to see anything further than that through this window, the way the blinds are positioned. And it's very narrow, very, very narrow outdoor hallway. So, it, it looks like this isn't an inside hotel uh, apartment. This is, you know, the, you know, where it's like in a corridor. There's no corridor. This is like a balcony style apartment. After seeing yeah. a broken front window. So here we go. They knock on this door. And then she bends her face down into the window. Her gun's not drawn out. She looks in with her hand on her on her on her pistol. I alert after seeing a broken front window. I know that that. Went out. <laughs> that, you see that 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 potential flag though has nothing to do with the case. I just saw it. Like that could have been bad. <laughs> They're both squinching down, looking into this window, trying to figure out what's going on. And and I can't really tell, but I mean it looks like that person's moving pretty hastily. Let's watch it again. Officers unloading more than two dozen rounds through the front of the apartment. One deputy reloading her gun and continuing to shoot. Go down, go down. Go down. A woman on the other side of the wall identified as Ebony Pouncey shot several times. Nice shocker. Deputies only then finding Ebony is supposed to be here. Her friend rents this place. They broke their own window to get in after forgetting their keys, the friend said in an interview. Okay, so check that out. There's blood all over the ground and all over the window. Whoa, that's it. That's one of those things. Underneath the glass. So somebody got hurt breaking the glass open. That's a lot of blood droplets. And it's under the glass. It's not on top of the glass. So that was there. That was there. As the glass came out, wasn't afterwards. It wasn't like they were dragging her outside and blood dripped. You know, that's all around. And it's on the window. Wait, what did that say? Come back with a warrant. (laughs) Did it really? No, no, no. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. I got to see that. To get in after forgetting their Look at all the blood on the window. An interview on Friday. Check your vibe before you come inside. That's what the placement is. Hey, her, her attorney is Ben Crump. Why does that sound familiar? Since I stayed here, we were there for about. That's the third time we've had to break the window since I stayed here. Is that what she just said? Hold on, let me play that again. Third time, the window would have been broken since I stayed here. We were there for about 20 minutes. The next thing I know, I hear loud banging on the door. That banging is deputies. Ebony grabbed um her gun and ran to the door. The next time she saw her. See? She was running. I could tell. Friend, she was shot several times. A neighbor downstairs filming this video. I live here. Please don't shoot. This is my home. That same neighbor initially calling 911 to report a burglary after hearing his neighbor break her own window. The only crime that was committed that day was done by the police. It was unjust. It was inhumane. And it was not okay. Okay. All right. So first off, they her attorney is Ben Crump. 
who right. is I, I didn't know this. Uh, he's an American civil rights activist attorney. So he takes on the big cases that go national, that go, you know, that uh, end up like this. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean Ben Crump's. Anytime that they're like, if Ben Crump's involved, you know the the, the victim is guilty. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he only takes cases that the cops were absolutely just in doing this. Um, so she says that this is the third time the window's been broken. We were only there about twenty minutes. Um, you can tell she's a get, yeah, like she's a hood rat for sure. Um. They cleaned her up for the news, but I can always tell. You know what I'm saying? It's like if somebody tries to clean me up, you know, like you know, Dude, like, you tri- you trimmed your mullet. Uh, I did, yeah. It looks good, just a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, it's still there. You look there. Um. So now let's go back. Let's run this out. Let's finish this out with this. Do you think that this was? Do you think that these women wanted to have a confrontation with law enforcement? Or they wanted to have drama that night. We know that hood lifestyles are a little bit different. Hood life is a little bit different. If you've never been in the hood any longer than a day, um, maybe this is new to you. But if you've been in the hood longer than a day, you'll know that everybody there is so thirsty for attention. Everything that goes on in the hood is about attention to how big their tires are on their car. I mean, it's like a redneck trailer park. It's like who can have the biggest flag, the biggest truck. The, the, the hood is the same way. Um, they play super loud music because they want you to be looking at them at all times. Um, they're always trying to uh, compete for who deserves the most attention. And it's never positive attention. It's always negative attention. And the, nobody's out there trying to do nice things for each other in the hood very rarely. So uh, a lot of these the hood mentality is how can I get my face uh, in front of the news? Um, we see this at funerals. Like if you've ever been to some of these funerals in the hood, completely disrespectful and absolutely no honor to the deceased. Everybody is competing to see, you know, the, the, the canes and the top hats and all the things is just, you know, people are showing up in like limos and acting out. It's all about look at me, 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 me. Look at me, look at me. It's just a mentality that goes on in the hood. And, um, and so they're always trying to cause drama and start shit. Always, always same houses every single night. You go to the same places, the same people seeing the same dumb shit. She said that this is the third time or that they've, they've, but yeah, this is the third time they've busted out that window. Like, what do you think the apartment complex thinks about that? Who's paying for these windows? Us section eight. Or the state of the state of Texas is paying for that. Why? I'm just being honest. Are you too stupid to remember your keys? Are you that fucking dumb? They like three times you have not had a way back into your apartment. You've had to break the window. I mean, to answer your question, I I I don't think this is a hundred percent. I think this was opportunity. So, like, let's say like uh, somebody steps out in front of your patrol car and gets hit, and then immediately. They're like cha-ching, 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 like you always say. Like immediately, like they're laying on the ground going, oh, shit, I'm going to be rich. I just got hit by a government vehicle, right? I think that's kind of what it is in the sense really? that. Really? You, my, you my think opinion, she broke this car out, this, this window out. There's a car alarm going off outside. It's suspicious enough that the neighbor calls 911. You don't think that they knew the cops would probably be coming? Like if you break out a window at an apartment complex and there's blood all over the window, and you try to sneak in the window, you've got to know the cops are coming. Yeah, but, I mean, to risk your life for this, 
I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that the the friend that went to the door with the gun aggressively, like knowing that you're doing this and you might make it out alive to be rich, like that's got some fucking balls, dude. You know. I mean, did she th- maybe she thought she there's no way that they would shoot her. Maybe I don't know. I can't think of why you would do that. You know, she heard that they were cops. Everybody in the apartment complex heard that they were cops. Yeah. I mean, it feels awkwardly scripted. I mean, unless these people are just that's stupid. And in that case, then like let's let that be the news. These two, the the biggest idiots in Houston, had nine one one show up to their house, and then in that point, in that case, they deserve to be shot for being that stupid. Yeah. Anybody else in the chats? Do you guys, am I crazy? I mean, doesn't this feel like awkwardly scripted? I get it's probably not. Uh, probably I mean, just it's, that's stupid. It, it just, it all it comes down to, in my opinion, is just a really, really bad altercation with law enforcement. That's all it is. That's my, you know, that this stuff happens. If the same thing happened at my house and I didn't hear them say that they were sheriffs and I heard, Somebody pounding on my door. I wouldn't come to the door with a gun, but I'd also don't live in the hood. I live in suburbia. You don't really go to your front door with a gun typically. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very, that's, it's, it's very, it's very, somebody in the chats put it's lawful, but it's, but it's awful. Um, that was from Deadleg. Uh, yeah, it, it is lawful, but it is awful. I don't know what the cops could have done any different except maybe acknowledge that it was a burglary and they called in for lots of backup and they try to do a call out. But at the same time, like I don't think it's unreasonable or really, I don't even think it's that bad tactically to knock on the door and announce yourselves as a cops. Um, especially when you see all the blood all over the window, like that's, I mean, tactically, I, 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 I would disagree. Tactically. I think the only tactically it's a, in my opinion, a really strong argument could be made that that was not the right decision based off their terrain, based I off what they're seeing. Not cops either, and they're street cops, and you know, you know that as a street cop, if you call in for the fucking, you, you know, you're going to catch heat. Like if you call yeah, in a whole right, bunch of people right. to a burglary, yep. they're they're going to be like, oh god, the two girls on the squad can't do yep. anything by themselves. You know whether it's right or wrong. I mean, that's the mentality. Hell, if it's even a dude. Um, they're gonna be like, oh, great. Okay, yeah, because, so we're gonna all stop what we're doing and go down yeah, there and help it. God forbid there be nobody in there too. Then you got to deal with that. Oh, like, oh, yeah. thanks for calling us, month. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the jokes are gonna be made at your expense. The locker room night. I mean, being a cop is hard. Uh, locker room stuff, and you know, that's one of the most fun things about my book is uh, is all the stuff in there about like this, this locker room kind of stuff that you have to deal with. Uh, I, I would say at the end of the day. The cops didn't do anything wrong. No. And they're completely wrong. justified. I mean, in no other circumstance that I can possibly think of, would you break your own window, crawl into to a house, not respond to somebody knocking at the door? I mean, even if this woman was like, who is it? Or or not who even a it? fuck you, something. Let you know, like I mean, who the fuck are you? Out to the door with a gun. And I look in the video, she's running. That, yeah. That's weird. Why are you running to the door with a gun? I don't do that. And, and I mean, I always have a gun when I answer my door. I don't answer my door without a gun, but I don't run to the door. I don't have my gun at the low ready, like it's tucked in the back mm-hmm. of my pants, ready to go. Yeah. Do you think that they knew it was the cops at the door? Yes, I do. Yes, I think it's more. I, I think it would be 
more probable than not to say that they absolutely 100% knew. I mean, she knocked on the door like a cop. She announced herself very loud like a cop. The window's already broken. You can't hear anything inside. There's no loud TV going on. You can hear everything in those apartment complex. She want, They 100% knew that the cops were at the door. And these are some type. Listen, I can already tell you the type of women this the, the woman is. I can just tell you. I can tell you from the eyelash, from the nose ring, from the way you're from having Bing Crump identif- uh, 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 being behind her. I can already tell you what type of chick this is. They love the drama. They knew the cops were there and they were going to start shit with the cops. I think they didn't think they were going to get shot for it. I think 100% they wanted to start shit with the cops because that is a hood mentality. That's exactly what the hood loves to do. They love to cause this kind of drama and chaos and then try to get some kind of a payout. Maybe they wanted to get shot at, but not shot. Uh, But this whole thing is ridiculous. And if you think that I'm stupid for thinking that, who's more stupid? Me or the person who broke out their window and didn't call anybody, cut themselves, still didn't call anybody, didn't allow their neighbor, whose literally door you can see in this video that's only three feet away, didn't let them know that they just broke their own window, who didn't respond to the police as they were knocking on the door and identified them as police, and that ran to the door with a gun in their hand. Who's more stupid? Stupid, but she's going to win the lawsuit. Oh, I mean, it's Houston. I I would imagine they're probably going to give her a payout to make it go away. To cap, what this, to, to cap off this fucking episode, if you're not current law enforcement, you don't really give a shit. You know the importance of qualified immunity, but you don't. Honestly, it doesn't affect you. Current cops need to know how important when your start when your state starts toying with getting rid of that because it's going to happen one day. That's the time to fucking leave because these chicks, if they were cleared uh, legally, uh, that they did nothing wrong, cleared of all charges. If you have no qualified immunity, not only can they sue the state or not the state, the city and the department, and they can sue you too, but qualified immunity means your department covers you. They can sue you civilly, personally, and take everything you fucking have. And now you're out there doing the Lord's work, as you say, Eric, and one wrong call, one bad call, or not even bad, one just unfortunate fucking call like this one. Now your whole life is over. You and your family's life is over. 100% 100% right. And then you look at all the social media comments that go on with this case. I mean, like nobody's on the police side of this thing, but I mean, put yourself in a cop's shoes, any cop, no, I mean, not a girl cop or a woman cop, but any cop in, in this kind of scenario. I mean, yo, I go to a break in that a neighbor called for a break in and I see somebody running at me with a gun towards the door. And it, that's not normal that like, it's again, more probable than not that that person is going to try to hurt you. And it's not your responsibility to to gamble on that point zero 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 one percent repeating chance that this person is a friend of the person who lit what it's so unreasonable. That would be such a terrible gamble. They'd be like showing up to the poker table with a two and three in hand uh, on a Texas Hold'em and on the flop, you know, it's queen, jack, nine, ten, five. And you're going to go all in on eight people that's sitting at the table. The chances are that somebody has something higher than a two or a three at that table is, is you would be a moron to, to go for that call. Um, you'd have to, you'd be a moron not to take this shot. I don't know. What do you guys think in the chats? Am I crazy? I think, I think you're crazy not to take this shot as the cops. What if, what if, what if that, that bitch came out and started shooting because they had retreated. And then one, one, one of these cops got shot and killed 
because the other one failed to do something. We'd be sitting here going, you saw that bitch coming through the window with that gun. We should have shot her. We would have, we, I'll, I'll say it to, you know, as much as I want to critique both sides, I'd be sitting here saying that that cop should have shot through that window because her partner's now dead because she failed to react. Right. That's Absolutely. what we'd be saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. This woman does she earned yeah. those bullets. She earned them. All 47 you know? of them. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, but like the shot group wasn't bad. I thought you were being serious. Or uh, I thought you were joking. The shot group was like it looked like this. But you know, that was two ma three magazines worth. So you know. and two different people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot that, of bullets. That bitch is like 50 cent, man. Shot five times in the torso. <laughs> she, a lot. <laughs> well, she, that maybe, was a maybe lot. She, maybe she sleeps in Kevlar. Maybe it's that bad. <laughs> I'm glad that a lot of people in the chats actually agree with this one. Uh, how to analyze your, uh, how to unalive yourself 101. Justin Williams says 100% right. Loren. Um, we got uh, uh, Michael August says, uh, looking forward to the book. Thank you so much. Um, the final manuscripts due in just a couple of days. And I think then we'll be able to give out all the information. But uh, for whatever reason, the publishing house and my agent and everybody's like, don't say anything yet. Don't say anything yet. Don't say that we're going to release it all at the same time. I, I don't know. I, I'm the kind of guy that likes to be transparent. I would have I would have said it back in October when we signed the, the contracts. But um Jarrett Balna says, I never have to break a window to get back into my house. I've never done it. Have you ever broken a window to get back in your house? It's like I said, it's, a, it's, I got a, such a last resort. Like you're about yeah, to shit your inside. Pants. You're about to shit your pants. You've got two minutes to get to a toilet and you're at your house. And you know, or other than that, you have no time, no time to waste. Like break I, I've window. actually had that. I've actually had that before where I absolutely had to shit and I was busting at the seams and I uh, could not find the key to my, to my house. And well, it was an apartment at the time. And you know, those like retention ponds, I ran back behind, I got behind the palmetto bushes. Uh, I grabbed the pillow. There was a pillowcase in my car too. And I just yanked the pillowcase. I ran behind the thing and I shit. Uh, right by the retention pond, and then I wiped my ass with the um, pillowcase, and I sunk the pillowcase in the pond. That's, that's noble. I didn't didn't break my windows though. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> you went that far to not have to break your own window. <laughs> yeah, I ran back to my car, found a found a, re a, <laughs> a reasonable person doesn't break their window at, at the first sign of can't get in. A reasonable person does not. Not when you're fr like, and then to, 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 to like have your friend do it. I mean, just like I said, this whole case seems like a scripted bad movie. It's like they wanted to start shit with cops mm -hmm. that night. And, and then to have the woman that called 911 be like, this is my own house. Please don't shoot me and completely go against the cops when you, you know what I mean? Like the whole thing seems it's very the attention thing that I think that chick yeah. is the attention thing. Like you said, I want attention. I'm calling in something. I don't mm -hmm. care what it's doing to my neighbor, what it's doing to the cops. I'm calling in something. And then as soon as you're seeing everything happen because you called it in, now you want to act like a fucking fool and be like, don't shoot me. Like, bitch, you called us. Yeah, <laughs> this is, it's this so is all happening because of you. It's so <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. What, what the, and the funny thing is, well, I'll leave this out, but the, one of the worst cases that I had in my career, um, and I'm going to tell this whole breakdown. I'll do a whole breakdown of this case. Uh, 
because I ended up getting punished pretty severely for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Um, it'd be a fun case to kind of break down if I can get a hold of the reports and everything. But the the woman that in the case involved was actually our community activist for the for the city, and I didn't know. I didn't know it was her. And she called 911 because a woman had been thrown out of a glass window. And I got to the house and there was a broken glass window and blood droplets on the concrete leading into the grass. And I was like, oh shit. Um, yeah, like I need to get on the phone and start calling some hospitals and seeing who's on their way to a hospital and who got thrown out of a window and what's going on. And so I'm standing in the backyard. And I announced, and I'm by myself. I didn't have any check-ins, but I'd already yelled, is anybody in that house? Is anybody in the house? Make yourself known at this time. Is there anybody in that house? Like I walked all the way, put my head in the window, looked around to see if there was any bodies on the ground. There wasn't any bodies. Um, and I step out and I'm trying to think like, okay, who do I call for this? Like, I know I should probably get on the horn with some hospitals, let them know that anybody coming in with like severe lacerations or something like that, to please let me know because the call came out as domestic violence. I'm also like, should I go in this house and make sure there's nobody like really bleeding out somewhere in a bathroom or something? Like, do I wait on a check-in partner? Like these are things I'm asking myself and I'm getting ready to do. And all of a sudden this activist comes out of nowhere down the side of the yard. And she's like, get that fucking police car out of my fucking driveway. You motherfucker. Get that fuck. You, what your fuck you think you're doing? I mean, just like this crazy barrage of insults and get your fucking deal. So I go out, my car's not blocking her driveway at all. Like it's not, not even close to her driveway. She was like, your police car's in the front of my head. Do you know who the fuck I am? I'm calling the chief right now. Blah, blah, blah. So I walk back to my car to move my car. I haven't even said anything yet. I realize that the address I'm parked near, not in front of, but the address I'm parked near is the person who actually dialed 911. Now, as a cop, we never pull in front of the house, right? Of the suspected crime, right? Like if you have a break-in at... 779 you don't park in front of 779 because that's how you get shot and killed you park at 778 or 777 and then you would walk in kind of tactfully so i had parked a couple houses out find out that that was the house i parked in front of was the house that called 911 but i wasn't even like aside the house i was like kind of between two houses and i was like man what are you are you crazy like you're i didn't say that but i said ma'am are are you serious? Because you're the one that called 911. Like, this is a serious. And she should brought yelling at me, get the fuck off my property. I didn't call shit. I don't call the police. You don't fucking know that. Then she's telling 911 operator that, like, I'm telling the neighborhood that she called 911. Anyway, um, the story ends with me being put on administrative duty for seven months on an investigation that showed I did nothing wrong. I mean, the I had my body camera on and everything, but but they did it for seven months because they said it was a community activist, and the chief and the city have been working really hard for her, and they needed to calm her down. So for Definitely. seven months, I was punished because you're just you're nothing but a number to them, bro. A hundred percent. So again, this was another woman, community activist, same thing. She didn't live in the hood, but she's from the hood. She thrives on the hood. She's always in the hood every single day. And she just happens to get, you know, uh, enough money to move out of the hood. Great. That's awesome. But she's still acting like the hood. She's still calling 911, which is great. She should have called 911, but then she made it all about her. Get your fucking car. She didn't care about whoever got though. By the way, we never solved that case because the department never followed up on the case. <laughs> no case. Nobody went back to that house. So still to this day, a woman was thrown out of a window and bleeding pretty bad. And she's never had justice. But I got to sit on admin duty for seven months. So 
justice um, to appease to, a, to appease a community activist. Um, it's horseshit. I, I'll break the case, the whole case down, then you guys can objectively see the see the case one day. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a case to me. Uh, I think the cops are completely in the right. And um, if you see anything about this case, refer to those people to this podcast. Let them see it. Let them hear our objective views on this podcast. If you have a differing an opinion, head over to any of our Instagram, to our TikTok. You can head to our um, Facebook. Um, we're really approachable. Get a hold of us there. And uh, real quick before I go out, if we don't respond to you on one of those platforms, please don't lose your shit and then get mad in the comments or a thing and say that we don't. I spend more time. I, I would I would at least say that they're out of all the podcasts we get over eighty thousand downloads collectively over the month, every single month on these pod, audio podcasts, we get so many messages from cops that don't even social media, but they just want to get. We I spend more time than anybody podcasting I know responding to private messages. So if I don't get to you, it's not personal. It's not, I didn't read your shit and say it's not important. I probably just haven't seen it yet or it's so far down that I've just moved on and I'm not going to get to it because I can only get to what I can get to in a 24 hour period. Guys, we do this five days a week and I podcast on six different shows. So please don't get upset or butter. Just message again till we, until we get a hold of you. Um, uh, Abby says on being a police officer, she says, glad that you guys cover this. I've been wondering about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I, I feel bad for the cops because they're going to be punished. They're going to be punished. Um, they're they're going to get moved to some kind of desk job. They might get criminally punished. Hopefully not. I think the evidence here is overwhelming. I don't see them getting criminally charged, but the department never lets you just off. Scott free. Yeah. They're going to move them. When somebody um, wants blood, the gut, the department's going to give them blood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unless you've, you know, and, and it sucks, man. They have to live with this the rest of their life. They're always going to question it. Did they do the right thing? It, it's incredibly hard to be a cop. I can only say the only thing that's fair here is that ABC news. Um, I, listen, I don't mind giving credit where credit's due. I, you guys know I hate fucking public mainstream news. Um, but for the first time in shit, eight years, they didn't do too bad. Covering yeah, the, pendulum, the pendulum swinging back, bro. I didn't, never thought I'd see it. I, right? Very <laughs> odd. Very, very strange. So um, if you guys like this and you want more, please head over to our Patreon. $3. It's less than a cup of coffee a month. We do five free shows a week. And we do a whole bunch of stuff on Patreon. Uh, please support our sponsors, factormeals.com uh, forward slash Wolfpack50 and GhostBed. Support those who are supporting you. Our whole goal is to inform and entertain police so that you don't have to listen to the radio. Uh, we give you five different shows a week. We also have friends like Abby Ellsworth, who's uh, got On Being a Police Officer. we got Anti-Hero Podcast. We've got uh, lots of people out here that have their own podcast. One more and I'm out of here. We got getting a grip on things. Um, uh, we, we got conservative ants and night shift TSI. So uh, it's all about informing and entertaining you guys, keeping you guys entertained. And we appreciate all the things that you first responders do. And if you're a friend of first responders and you want to support them by supporting us, um, feel free to do so uh, by becoming a paid member. Uh, for myself and Tyler and the anti-hero podcast, been another great breakdown. Guns up, giddy up.